0: Hi everyone, I'm Tumai and welcome to our webinar on how you can use data to help with your office reopening plans. Um, I hope you're enjoying the warmer weather right now and keeping safe. We're really excited today to be sharing some insights on how you can actually leverage workplace data. Over the last few months, we've had a lot of questions from customers around this particular topic. And it's quite evident that as businesses are reopening their buildings, they need to find an easier way to manage space capacity efficiently. Making sure their social distancing rules are followed, as well as managing their cleaning regime. And to do this quickly, they need to be able to have immediate de- access to occupancy and utilization data, as well as other data that's out there that, that could be used to help with managing their offices as well. So, as a result of the feedback we've got from the community, I hope you find this webinar helpful and hopefully help ease some of the pressure. Today, I'm joined by Yodit Stanton, who is the CEO and founder of Open and she'll be covering how you can leverage data to manage your office reopening. She shares what actions you can take away from the data points she'll be covering, and also highlight some of the use cases for each one of those as well. So without much further ado, I'd like to hand you over to Yodu. Thank
1: you, Tumai, and um, thank you everyone for your time today. Um, As Tumai mentioned, we'll be going through the various data points um, that... From a sensor perspective, um, how they're used um, within the built environment within offices. Um, This webinar is much more focused on the data versus going into the sensors in depth, but I'll I'll touch on these. Um, If you're looking for information on types of sensors, then we've got uh, previous presentations that you can take a look at. As most of you are putting together your return to work strategies, we need to recognise that at least for most organizations, you're targeting lower numbers of employees in the workplace and then and then you're gradually kind of increasing it over time. So what we've tried to do is just collect some samples of of data points. there are many more that that can help you. So at the start, I think the most usual um, data point that most companies are looking at in, in different ways is fitful data. Um, looking at your fitful data, you know, it does two things, really. The the first, the most important, is controlling... Uh, the amounts of people within a floor plate, so on a floor or in a zone, depending on the makeup of your floor plate. You can set alarms to limit the number of people there and focus cleaning and so forth within the the busiest areas. The most common sensors, as you can see uh, at the bottom right, is counters. The counters are put into entrances. They're used to zone areas such as um, collaborative areas and so forth. And in, And really what it tells you is, Five people came in and three people came out within a time period and it's it's very very kind of accurate within about you ninety know, seven ninety eight percent accuracy to really get a handle on the amount of people on an area. The second type of sensors commonly used as desk sensors, and they're used in multiple ways. The strategy that most are using is splitting teams into groups such as green teams and red teams, and having a rotation of these teams that can use the office on a weekly and biweekly basis, at least at the start of the return to work. Uh, so you'd have groups of people coming in in one week, having a clean in between, and then and then rotating what a lot of people are doing is is splitting let's say 50 people in group team a and 50 people in team b but in 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 kind of practical terms what actually happens is um these various teams have different profiles so different office usage profiles and really keeping an eye on the balance of is is group a using the office more uh than group b and do we do we need to kind of change the dynamics of these teams is 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 really important just to go back a bit I think most people are uh, targeting around a 20 to 30 percent utilization at the start and then gradually increasing it over time so this gives you a good handle on and keeping an eye on on the kind of um, especially the peak utilization um, gives you a handle on okay am I actually crossing the peaks um, or is certain teams crossing the peaks and let me redistribute Um, Another way that people are looking at desk utilisation data is, is really around social distancing. Now most are at least keeping one desk between people and also configuring the seating arrangements in its exact shape so that you don't have people back to back and you're spreading across floors I think the tendency for most people when, if, if that is not done is people tend to congregate uh, they see groups of people and they, and they kind of uh, congregate towards an area where there's others which is which is the kind of natural human uh, tendency I'd say but with keeping kind of assi- assigning certain desks as available or not, you're, and keeping zigzag shapes, you're in a way reinforcing social distancing. The other thing that a lot of organisations are doing is also using these reports at the end of the day and, and really kind of making sure the cleaners are keeping an eye on the busiest areas and, and printing out reports to cleaners on, on a, you know end of day basis. As I mentioned previously, you know, really, whichever way you're gathering data, keep an eye on your peak, especially um, utilisation. Um, peak utilisation for for a definition is, is the most amount of people that have been in the place uh, within a certain time period, um, whereas average utilisation tends to be, you kind know, of average over the, the time points that you're looking at. Um, but keeping your peak in control as as in the early days is significantly important. One thing we think a lot about at Open Sensors is not just about kind of treating every every desk the same. I think there's a tendency to assign person to desk ratios in, in kind of a, a, a top line way where you say, okay, I'm going to have one desk for X amount of people. But what we all know is that It's not consistent. Different people have different types of profiles. Different jobs have different types of profiles. Certain jobs are going to be very desk heavy and some essential workers are going to come in every day. And really thinking much more on a granular level is important especially now when you've got such a limit of how many people can come into your office over over the next six months Um, so we think a lot about mobility profiles we take each desk and say and assign a mobility profile so what that essentially means is because there's no one size fit solution we have about four types of mobility profiles so the names really speak for themselves but just to give you an overview for mobile what we mean is you know a person comes in very sporadically that desk is used very sporadically um, they're mostly working from home they might come in once in a while for semi-mobile what we tag these as is when people come come in but they're using their desk for part of their day so they spend significant parts of their day away whether it's in other zones or even at, outside the office Fixed are again kind of the typical very desk bound worker and and really if you have a high number of fixed versus uh, mobile you, you need Need to kind of reconfigure your person to desk ratio based on these mobility profiles. And if, if it's a mobile workforce that you have overall or a team, you can be much more aggressive about your person to desk ratio. Whereas if you've got high amount of fixed desk employees, really, there's an argument that you should have one to one desking for those people. So these mobility profiles give you a good way to balance between different types of teams. And each organization is going to be unique because depending on Seniority, depending on job type and so forth, and you need to find the correct uh, mobility profile and pattern for your own teams. There is a very interesting trend, I would say, that is coming in for the CFO office, where they're saying, well, actually, people are, are productive from home. The majority of people like working from home a significant part of their week. The the survey that did touched about 5,000 employees in different in different offices. 75% of people feel like their productivity is the same or better working from home. 85% of people prefer to continue to work from home either half the week or more. And so there's a recognition now from a finance standpoint that most companies don't necessarily need the real estate portfolio that they have. So there's a kind of a question about how, how do we manage this? How do we have the right balance? As you build more information about your mobility profiles, I think the other thing to keep in mind is forecasting especially as things settle down post-COVID and you get a pattern working, just understand that there's a significant amount of forward thinking that can be done. So a lot of these Oracle data sets are now being used to say, let me forward project my understanding of the utilisation data I have into the future. Like how much do I really need? I think we all recognise that the, the way we work is not going back to previous patterns. So really projecting forward into, uh, into the future is, is going to be quite key now that we've touched on utilization information i think the other critical data point that most people really need to start looking at is environmental data so let me break down a little bit more about what this means early research is showing that keeping indoor humidity levels between 40 to 60 percent and this research has been done by quite a number of groups now uh, it's showing that you can minimize trans- virus transmission significantly the average humidity from my experience that i see in offices is between around 33 to 35 percent, and people really need to start thinking about humidity getting that up both for home and and in office the impact is both on the transmission of the virus but also there seems to be an impact on people's immune systems and an ability to fight viruses so this is critical research that you know i'd encourage most of you to read and really think about how you can apply to your to your indoor environments uh, the other type of environmental factor that I'd encourage most of you to look at is indoor CO2. And whilst indoor CO2 is usually driven by outdoor CO2 because the, the more polluted outdoor air is, you know, it, it naturally comes indoors. But indoor CO2 in itself really has a ha, is an indicator of the airflow, the quality of the airflow within the buildings. If you imagine within the day, let's say 8 a.m. or or 9 a.m. of the day you know, your, your CO2 levels are usually quite low because, you know, there hasn't been many people in the office, but as people come in and as you know, they breathe, CO2 tends to build up over the, over the day. The amount it builds up, there's, there's, without adequate kind of airflow and in, in, in ventilation, um, CO2 can accumulate to high levels. And that really tells you the quality of the ventilation within within that space and really keeping on, on top of it, because I think that that is a secondary kind of indicator of the quality of your airflow. So the normal, in normal circumstances, most people should be keeping indoor CO2 levels under uh, 800 parts per million. Ideally, it should be about between 500 and 600 parts per million. Over the next month, we'll do much more granular webinars around CO2 and air quality, but really kind of keep these these numbers in the, in in front of mind. We've seen customers with over a thousand parts per million indoor CO2. Um, during peak hours, which is which is dangerously high, it makes people drowsy, interferes with cognitive function, and so forth. But it is also very, very critical post-COVID to keep an eye on your um, air air quality and airflow. Within, within the within the office, really kind of start gathering employee feedback. Now, this this has nothing to do with sensors, obviously, but as you stagger people back into the office, you really need to get a handle on on their perception and what what their friction points are. Firstly, you need to understand what are they concerned about, pre-return to work and post-return to work. Are they really understanding the social distancing guidelines? Is there more signage that needs to be put up and so forth? There might be concerns around uh, public transport and travel and and also really getting a handle on their, their needs. Um, would they like to work from home more or, or less and, and, and so forth. It's, it's just very, very important, especially as in, in these uncertain times, to keep employee engaged, um, take their feedback and, and make it a two-way process, make it a two-way engagement process. I think there's a lot of really good, sound, quality data that can come from just subjective data and, and combined with the much more objective data around surveys or, or sensor data, th- those two are the most powerful. Um, because at the end of the day, what we're all trying to do is provide productive working environments and not just using the office for the sake of it. Here are some key takeaways. So environmental data, I think that is one neglected data source. Um, Traditionally, most people are not really keeping an eye on it. Um, Post-COVID return to work, I think that's going to be critical, both from a, a wellness standpoint and also kind of a preemptive standpoint in order to make sure that your buildings are safe. Uh, utilisation information, you know, both from a social distancing perspective and also from a uh, deep cleaning perspective, is uh, supremely important. And then hopefully you, you you'll take on board um, the employee feedback a pointer. There is many good tools out there if you want something out of the box, or uh, such as Leadsman. But really, even creating simple surveys internally is good, and and uh, we we see people doing it in different ways.
0: Thanks for that, Yelda. We've got a few questions, um, so I'll just kick off with the first one. Um, So how can data assist with ensuring um, that you don't actually overfill your office floors? Um, So I touched on this previously, but just to go back, um,
1: if you are, and I think the sensible target is, if you're targeting a, um, let's say 30% utilisation, it's looking at footfall data for sure. I think looking at the amount of people on the floor plate um, in all zones is critical. And, and also the desks, obviously, and keeping an eye on the peak utilization of desks. What I find is most people try to target 30% and then gradually go up and then also enables you to increase and decrease, um, which is also, depending on what happens in winter months and so forth, is going to be a way to get, get a handle on it.
0: Thank you. Um, so our second question is, is there any guidance on how to best manage people coming back into the office?
1: We've actually wrote from the feedback has been a handy guidance. I, it's the most comprehensive I've seen so far and, and I hope it helps you. Um, it covers from cleaning to signage to some of the points we touched on in terms of data, but really kind of a comprehensive, I think, a, a seven page document that we've put together.
0: Brilliant. Our third question is, when gathering data, what recommendations would we have on where to start?
1: Oh, what type of data points to start with? Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay, I would, I would say desks. I, I think my, my working obs- observation so far is meeting rooms are less used at the moment, and people are not really, because, because there's so few people in the office, a lot of meetings are happening in Zoom and so forth. And I think it'll continue until things stabilize. Um, I would say desk utilization is the, the easiest starting point and also the, the most helpful uh, data point because it gives you um, both from a cleaning perspective and from a social distancing perspective, a very good handle on, you know, how many people are in uh, and, and, and also the peaks and averages.
0: Okay, we've got one final question. You covered other data points such as employee feedback and outside of occupancy data. Are there any other data points we should be considering?
1: Well, I touched on environmental data. I think that is critical. I mean, I'm, I've got environmental sensors all over the place now and really understanding the patterns, especially around airflow, because that is in terms of wellness, in terms of preventative uh, measures to make the office safe. I think that is one of the most critical data points.
0: So just to say a big thank you to you Yodit for sharing today's insights. I hope everybody found that really helpful. Um, And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. A copy of this recording will be sent out in the next couple of days together with the slide deck. Um, From Monday, you'll be able to access this webinar as well as past webinars on our resource center. So you just need to head on over to opensenses.com and just register if you haven't already done so um and without much further ado thank you very much for your time again and if there's any future content you'd like to hear more about please do let us know have a great day guys thank you thank you everyone